And away we go. This is a Movie Loft podcast with Tony, Yo. Phil, Hi. and Tom, and we're here in the barn loft of the Henry Putnam Jr. House in Danvers, Mass. Uh, festive barn loft. Very festive, very. We're uh, bringing you the movies from the decade that uh, gave us parachute pants, jelly bracelets, the Jordache look, Sasson, Bonjour, Sergio Valente, Chick, Gloria Vandervelt, Calvin Mo- Klein. Moose in a can. Moose in a can. Ugh. We've talked about this before, that mousse that smelled like chocolate. The hair mousse. That did, that did uh, confuse you once, Phil. We were talking. Noise. You were like, are you talking yeah. about the, the Hulk bath foam or the mousse right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, get this out of the way. As always, find us on all streaming platforms. Subscribe, rate, review, share. Everything helps. Instagram, website. I don't think our website's ever been visited. I didn't know we had a website. <laughs> no, I didn't Including know by me. Eh, it just comes with the comes with the uh, program that we buy. So you know, you enter the Movie Loft podcast into Google, and a website will come up, which it is essentially just a uh, a series of viruses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there is a there. Like, uh, and uh, we're doing a double header for you guys. We we were setting out to do Scrooged, and then Phil had a night, and he just said, "Why don't we just?" aim for the top of the mountain and uh, do vacation. And I said, why not do both? And take, you know, just take it out at the knees. It's a Christmas doubleheader. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to do this. Probably it's, be... our, it's our first doubleheader, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be wrestle, like wrestling a, a, a double-headed serpent or something. Seriously. Right? We'll just, see. just as a, for, for the people that actually aren't around the table with us, Tom took the liberty of hiring a mall Santa so he's kind of in the corner just mulling about. I hear him muttering things <laughs> off and on. And when he just heard that it was two movies at once, he just kind of shook his head and muttered. <laughs> so I guess he'll, he'll be here for the duration. He's, um, he's but been, I know that Tom's got his lap all warmed up and ready to just, lo- it's locked and loaded. <laughs> he's just ready to fucking slam his lap on that guy's lap. Uh, he's, he's on the verge because he's been filled with chocolate covered cherries and uh, McGillicuddy's all day. He's <laughs> just been plying him. Since, yeah, yeah. 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 I call it plying. Uh, happy birthday to no one today because this uh, day is filled with a bunch of useless twats from Hollywood. No good birthdays. So, uh, since we're covering both of these movies right off the top, let's just talk about the fact that Brian Doyle Murray is a legend. He's in both of these movies mm. oh, yeah. as he is a lot of great films. Uh, you know, his, his part was marginal and Scrooged, but it was still very Brian Doyle, Doyle Murray. What, what was he in Scrooged? Why am I he blanking was his, on that? Uh, his dad. 
Oh, word. And actually, yeah, his three yeah. brothers were in that, too. Three of yeah. them. So him and two other brothers were in that. Um, you got that veal. Yeah, yeah. But it's, would, In today's money, it would be a yeah, $50. For your $50 gift. <laughs> uh, so his, and his other two brothers are in the, the apartment scene. His, re, his, his brother in the movie is his real brother. Yep. And then the, in the apartment, when they're celebrating Christmas and playing the uh, trivia game together, uh, Freddie Rumson, his other brother. Oh, nice. Is... Uh, is in that. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Up, update on the McGillicuddy's peppermints. Oh, go, yeah. From last week. Sure. We were tagging back in. Significantly more potable with some Coca-Cola. Oh, you have Coca-Cola. I do, That's yeah. why, Oh, okay. You came in saying it would probably be, and I didn't know you had one with you. So. And it has been confirmed. Okay. Like, wow. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually pretty good. Better, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. said you woke up from a nap, so I'm guessing anything mixed with Coke right now is going to do you. Yeah, probably do well by you. Yeah, you know. So we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll start off with the uh, with the Legend here, Vacation, released uh, oh. December of '89. I mean, the Legend. Yeah, it's made its way into like the top echelon of both of these movies are perfect. Let's yeah, just yeah. get that yeah. out of the way. Yeah, they are. It's just time. Brings it clearer and clearer into focus, of course, as it always does. Um, John Hughes screenplay. Um, Christopher Columbus would have directed if he got along with Chevy Chase, which they did at lunch, but then immediately realized he wouldn't. So they brought on um, a first-time director, actually, um, Jeremiah Chechnik, who Boy. went on to direct um, Benny and June and Diabolique. And he didn't really get along well with Chevy Chase either, right? the Avengers. How can you? Chevy Chase is just a miserable shitbag. <laughs> you imagine if that was a Chris Columbus movie? No, I know. What you know? What it's. I good, think it would have improved it. I think it would have improved it. I, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I like the movie as is. I don't see right. how it couldn't have improved it. I just love that, like deep sort of. Uh, you know, that dude has a very signature feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, you watch a movie like Home Alone. Yeah, which he got. The next year. Exactly. He really needed this Christmas vacation job. Yeah. So for him to turn it down, he thought he was going to sabotage his career by working with Chevy Chase because he didn't see it going well. Yeah. And he needed the job, but he's like, do I need the job enough to endanger what I consider my near future? So he, Mm. but then he, he got Home Alone, which cost like $10 million less budget and made six times the amount of oh uh, what, Christmas a monster, vacation. Monster movie. Yeah, that was like a and five, that was like half a billion dollar gross type thing. Yeah, right? it's I crazy. Mean, the, the, the visuals, the home alone? direction, the, uh, yeah, everything about it was, you know, with the exception of like the sort of like suspension of disbelief that this kid is like yeah. taking out adult humans with micro machines <laughs> yeah 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 you know I, I i guess that would be the only but it had a, it had it had it had like a vision it had a goal there was like a story it yeah, was like yeah. paced and yeah and still... uh, yeah i feel there was a little bit of dimension missing from christmas vacation yeah. if you want to get critical on it there's that like that's if, what i'm here to do to everything. <laughs> if i didn't know christopher columbus had a shot at it and turned it down i wouldn't see it as a comparison between that and home alone and saying okay different scripts different actors but i can still see in christmas vacation okay I can see maybe there's a little bit of dimension missing from it. Yeah. You yeah. know, if not that I am critical that way, I'm just like, okay, there probably, there probably is that. You know what that movie did do really, really well is they, they captured that feeling of like, you know, that feeling where it's not quite Christmas, but you, you're off of school. Right. And there's a scene where Rusty is sort of lazily watching TV 
um, in like a little family room. And he's not even watching. He's just kind of ripping through the channels. This is just like just prior to the family coming over. Audrey and the mom are in the kitchen kind of like just kind of shooting the shit about who's going to be sleeping where. Do you remember that? And it, it felt very authentic, mm-hmm. that whole like, I have nothing to do. I have nowhere to be. I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. I'm not tired. But I could eat. I could sleep. And I could get a big drink if I oh, yeah. oh, wanted yeah. to. Uh, they really, really captured that. Not a perfectly. care in the world. Just, you know, kind of doing. Lounging. You know, lounging. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What was your experience with, the, with Christmas Vacation, Tony? I, I mean, I, it's a fantastic. I didn't see it in the theater as I saw it at home. Um, came out in 89, so I'm guessing in 90, it would have been on HBO. I was still in high school, so, you know, I probably watched it. But it wasn't one of those movies that really didn't come under my radar until uh, maybe a decade later, in fact, because... Okay. Well, so, you know how, like, when you're, when you're at that weird age as a, as a, as oh, a yeah. person where you're... 17 to probably 25, 26, where you're just kind of out all the time doing your thing. Always, <laughs> you know what I mean? O- always out and about. Yeah. I, I just, so, you know, a lot of like shows and movies and stuff like that, they kind of missed me. I, I, it's also like the least nostalgic time of your life. You know what I mean? It <laughs> like really, that, it that really age, is. It's like you're really just not thinking about, yeah. 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 For me, it's a little opposite. For me, that's when I took in most of my serious film because I, wa- I wasn't drinking, I wasn't going out, yeah, I wasn't yeah, doing yeah. anything like that. So I was taking in most of my serious or to your to your comment, like more you know heavy the heavier films. stuff. Yeah. Well, this is just it. Is I, I you know I I was you know very much into like Jarmusch and movies like that. So Christmas Vacation wasn't really on my radar, and I still had like you know my my blockbuster card or yeah. You know, Hollywood video, Video Oasis had closed down by that point. But um, I wasn't, I was a straight edge guy until my mid 20s myself. But I would watch, you know, I'd rent like four or five movies, but it was always something that had like a little bit of bite to it. You know, I mean, you know how it is. You just kind of like, oh, yeah. At one point or another, life is enough that I don't need to like put myself in the position where I'm being. You know, mentally exhausted by right, a movie. Of course, yeah. That's only where to I wake am up now. at nine a.m. and just continue to be mentally exhausted <laughs> yeah. by work. Yeah, that's where I am now with the headier stuff, and yeah, which is yeah. fine. I don't think that anyone's wrong for watching it. I just it it I don't feel a need. I don't feel like if I do happen onto one, I don't feel like it did me any service other than just kind of taking away um, from. My energy and my, you know, emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you with uh, Christmas? I, I can't really remember when I first watched it, to be honest. It was always just kind of hovering out there in the ether. And then, like, I knew that it was, like, a legacy holiday movie. Oh, you so, know? yeah, you already knew when you... Well, yeah, like, I didn't... It, I definitely didn't see it, like, when I was 10 or 11. I think I probably saw, like, clips or something around then and was like, ooh, I shouldn't be watching that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is bad. So, like... Because of the scene with the... With the woman, like any hooter than they are, hotter yeah. than they are, yeah. hotter than tidbit they? nipply in there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh man, that that came that was came from this movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it yeah. did. Yeah. And uh, it's a good one. I did see this in the theaters. Oh wow, a little Christmas time. Went to see it with um, a few people. Um, I was with my best buddy Sean, and and we were were two female friends. I was interested in dating, and for some reason, the both uh, of them. No, the one that I was in the front seat with. But obviously, she's severely mentally deficient because she only wanted to be friends. But <laughs> we did end up dating. 
but that night, and it always, I've always re- uh, remembered this movie fondly because that night when we saw it in the theater, we came out and it had snowed and it was oh, like, yeah. you know, an inch, of, story, yeah. an inch of snow on the car. Yeah. And I remember, you know, this was, I think we had known each other for a couple of months, but you know how it is at that age. It's like when you know someone for two weeks, you're like trying to ask them out proper when you're young, you think that like, well, that's what you do. And, uh, you know, I was friend zoned for a while, but converted. But that night I remember I was the only one who got out. She drove all of us and I was the only one who got out and well, you could argue there was a little bit of larceny there, but I was the only one who got out and helped her clean the snow off the car. Okay. And, uh, I converted the two humps in the back seat. I don't know whatever happened to them. I think they're married with five kids. <laughs> yeah. I think I took a piss on them yeah. in the combat zone once when they were laying in the gutter Oof. a couple of years late. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it is, it is kind of a rosy memory for me to, to, that's you know, very, that's very, I like that. Tried to yeah. take the high road. Well, that was the first time in my life I did take the high road. When someone says they only want to be friends at that age and you're usually like, I'm out then, but I got called on it. She oh. was like, I feel like you're not going to talk to me again, but I can't. And I was like, oh damn, well played. You're right. I wouldn't. But because you say it, they say no at that age. And the guy is like, yeah, oh, doesn't know what humiliated. to do. You're yeah. humiliated. You don't know what you to do. You go back and you lick Drop down a couple and, pegs and yeah, then you yeah, never yeah. talk to them again, yeah. ever. <laughs> As if you weren't asking them out because you really like them and get along great anyway. So why do you have to go away? But because it was pointed out to me, I was just didn't consciously think it, but on a certain level I did said, well, that was for you being that bold. I can get over probably doing what you said. And I, I'm not going to do that. Women and, have to spell it out for idiots. like us Well, lot, you, know, you know, kudos, kudos true. for doing yeah. that because otherwise, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have converted. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot <clears> of the, the nostalgia for us looking back at these things is thinking about it a time or a or a Christmas vacation where you're not like shaking off the shit of before the vacation from work and, and ruining the shit that you're going back to mm. on one end. And then you wish you never had to on the other. Um, no. <laughs> another thing these, these movies both have in common are just incredible scores by incredible, uh, composers you know uh we this got, is about uh, angelo battlemente yeah and, and, and it, his stuff complements every scene and scrooge yeah. do we we have i feel like uh, scrooge was stronger oh scrooge was definitely stronger because it had more of a an immediacy and an intensity because of the uh the volume of the film in general like yeah. Chevy, uh, like bill murray always says he wanted me to yell everything um but i thought what was interesting there uh danny elfman doing that in 1988, if you really listen to some of that, it sounds a lot like the Beetlejuice soundtrack that he did, you know, essentially, I think, the same year, or, you know, he probably did the back of that. Yeah.
and and there was some things I was listening to, some cues in the music, and I was like, oh, this I could see the Beetlejuice scene that this may be some hooks pulled from one or the other. Um, that soundtrack wasn't released uh, for 23 who did, years. Who did the score to Home Alone? Was that John Williams? Yeah, John Williams. Good, good, good I mean, uh, good, that just brought good it. Pull. That Dan brought it. That brought it home. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't. You can't. I thought it was pretty. I don't know. I thought the score for um, Christmas Vacation was just kind of like I didn't do a, didn't do like a ton for, no, for the picture. No, for, it for didn't. Me, but if you, know? you listen to it in the scene, it really is nice. But yeah, it doesn't. You're not you're not really aware that it's there. Yeah, totally. It's like a phantom score. Yeah, it's not it's not pushing energy or necessarily setting emotion, but there there is energy and movement and and a lot of uh dynamic energy change in something like Scrooge because he's mm. fighting it along the way and there's a bunch of coming in and going out of characters. Yeah. So it's a very different paced film on every level and the music actually serves that in in Scrooge, which is yeah. really yeah. great. I think that the uh one of the things I did love is, and it stands out really well, is that the scene where Clark is decorating the house and you get almost a sort of Looney Tunes uh, setting the table score where you have just a little bit, you know, a little bit here, a little, a little, you know, a little dab here, a little dab there. And then when, you know, the ladder comes down. You know what I mean? You just get, you get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then when they're trying to do the big light show at the end, then you get a really big buildup. Peter's off. Yeah, you get that. I mean, you get the you get the crescendo finally. And, and then, then when the like, lights don't go up, when the lights don't go on, you get the sort of like the disjointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falling it's, over. It's, it's a apart. good pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's your electricity bill a month? Thousand dollars. Yeah, I got full Christmas tree. I got the fucking, I got the, uh, the bulb 
the um the bubble lights. Oh, you, you came, got those. They came in the mail. Uh, you wanted those last year. I know, and I was just like, oh, and it, two clicks away on Amazon, and um, yeah, dude, check it out. They're so God, sick. That's, yeah, it's a thing of you. I mean, no, I know them well, but to see them on the tree, oh my, and God. not just hanging they're around just, the room the way I used to see them. They're they're just people's apartments. The greatest Christmas ornament ever. The bubble like, lights. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, let's run down the, uh, both of these movies have an amazing cast for vacation. Obviously Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, Johnny Galecki, Julia Lewis, who was only a year older than Johnny Galecki. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Nicolette, Nicolette Scorsese, Doris Roberts, Brian Doyle Murray, Diane Ladd, who was only six years older than Chevy Chase yet played his mother. Uh, Nicholas Guest, uh, Mae Questel. Who was Nicholas Guest? Was he Louis Dreyfus? Yeah. Todd, yeah. Julia Louis Dreyfus' guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Mae Questel was Aunt Bethany, and this was, I think, this was her last role, I think. Um, I think she voiced Betty Boop. Am I right? Betty Boop and Olive Oil. Oh, okay. She did. Wow. Yeah. So she's she's been around. Uh, William Hickey, E.G. Marshall, and John Randolph. I mean, uh, their their parents in this don't do a lot of heavy lifting because they don't have to. They're 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 Hollywood royalty and legends, and they're they're just the the weight of them being in this movie. The gravitas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, you could just throw any parents in there because they're not doing any real heavy lifting. But yeah. it's like Keith Richards; they just wear it. It's just there. Yeah. You know. Um, what a prick the dad was. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh my god. Ellen's dad. Yeah, he was a. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Clark's right. dad was like a. Yep. You know, little, cool little old guy. Yeah, but, oh, man. <laughs> little sweet little old man. Yeah. Oh. That reminds me that, yeah, this was based on um, a story that ran in National Lampoon in 1980 that John Hughes wrote called um, Xmas 59. Now, let's, the National Lampoon, was that was like a magazine, yeah. like a mad magazine or yeah, something? Yeah, but for, for proper adults. Did you, did you guys read it? Were you into it? I didn't. I you didn't. know, I, tr- I got a couple of copies of it here and there, but it was too sophisticated yeah okay. you know what i mean okay. i was yeah. into like cracked and mad yeah yep. yeah okay. that's so this was like a little too. bit beyond yeah my okay gotcha you know I, I have mean? no reference to it like yeah. I've, never... I've i've gone back and i've i've read the xmas 59 story which is funny because when he pulls out the films in the attic yeah there's a few titles on them but the one he pulls out and looks at it's front and center in the camera it says xmas 59 Oh, that's an excellent, um, excellent reference. Aunt Bethany uh, plays heavy in that. Um, obviously, there's plenty of differences to it, you know. Um, they did have, in Xmas 59, they did have a um, Long Duck Dong character, which is funny that he showed up in 16 Candles and wasn't in Christmas Vacation. Um, it was one of the grandparents had, like, a, a Thai student living with them. He was in college, and they brought him for Christmas because they felt bad for him staying alone in the dorm and he just essentially was laughing at everybody and then he tr- and then he tried to rob the family stole all their purses and tried Jesus. to steal their car and okay it was it was Long quite a read dong. yeah uh, you can read the story from National nice. Lampoon yeah. so let's just get the top 10 of uh December 89 out of the way you know for this week it was released December 1st so December 89 December 89 December the first week in December blame it on the rain we all know who sings these songs. We didn't start the fire. It, oh, well, it's just the way that you love me, Paula Abdul. Actually, in 1989, we don't all know who sings the songs because that was the beginning of the end of music in a lot of ways. 
uh, not just, popu- just, just popular starting, music. Just starting for me, but yeah. yeah. I, no, popular I know music, what you mean. Though. Yeah. These are all uh, the, good. These the are music, all jam- the these music that just everybody knows, no matter what. Yeah, you these, do. these are all jams, though, yeah. for fucking sure. Well, here. And then you get to Angelina, Richard Marks. Don't know that one. Love Shack, B fifty twos, Another Day in Paradise, Phil Collins, Back to Life, Soul to Soul. Don't know much. Linda Ronstadt, uh, When I See You Smile, Bad English, and Poison, Alice Cooper. Nice. Eighty eight is better when we get to Scrooge, and I actually have something here. We're going to do this. Here's a new thing I'm going to do. After the top news stories, um, I pulled a top 10 from this week in December of 83 because 83 is arguably one of the biggest years in music for the decade. Uh, so after we do the, the news stories, let me just run down that quick. But the news stories, we'll just get them out of the way. Gorbachev and Bush declare the Cold War over. Ooh. Huh? Huh? Dunzo. I Love Lucy Christmas episode, shown for the first time in 30 years. Never seen it. Nice, nice. Sounds tedious. Phil will like this one. Larry Bird begins his free throw streak of 71. Oh, I wonder if that was the hamburger tie-in. I always wondered why they made that commercial. It was like, off the rim, off your face, down the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nothing but net, you know? Well, we have some research to do. Good one. Uh, VP Dan Coyle sends out 30,000 Christmas cards. With obvious spelling error. Oh. Yeah, it was very obvious. It was like the word beacon was spelled with a K instead of a C or something. I know he did potato as well. well oh, yeah. Gaff, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember this. Jane Pauley uh, says goodbye to the Today Show on uh, NBC. And I loved Jane Pauley back then, which is strange. She always had those weird butchered bangs. Uh, and she's actually CBS Sunday Morning now, which I watch every Sunday. So it's funny to still see her on TV, but I did have a little, uh, well, I was young, so it was a little thing for her uh, back then. So (laughs) you can reuse your calendars from 89 and 2023, and the date was uh, 12,059 days ago. So wicked, wicked, wicked kid, wicked kid, wicked kid. Okay. Let me do you all another favor and run down December 7th, 1983 billboard. No artists here. We don't need them. 83? Yep, 83. One to ten. Here we go. All night long. Say, say, say. Uptown girl. Say it isn't so, which I know some people get mixed up, but that is hollow notes, uh, meaning I get mixed up. Love is a battlefield. Islands in the stream. Come on, feel the noise. Heart and soul. Huey Lewis. Some people don't get that one. Crumbling down in Church of the Poison Mind. Oh, little culture club. Just floating. Yeah, you should. You know what? I After this, after doing this list, I went and, and, and rewatched all of the culture club videos, really? music videos from that era. I, have a, I, I really recommend that. There was a fantastic morning for me. So here's something. I don't know if Phil's going to enjoy this, that I'm doing a little remix where I am redoing the top 10 from that week in 1983 now based on streams because... That's very fascinating. We are going to uh, yeah. get into this because I have a real fucking bone to pick with those m- mental midgets, Siskel and Ebert, that we're going to get into right <laughs> oh, after this. Hey, hey. Fuck you, fuck you, and need fuck to walk them. walk the fuck back. Yeah, you, you'll see. You'll see what walk I have in back. store. You'll both be apologizing and licking these boots. <laughs> uh, so the remix. Stay tuned. Based on streams one to ten. Here we go. These days. Mental midgets. Uptown girl. All night long, come on, feel the noise. Islands in the stream, love is a battlefield. Say, 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 drops like six places. 
Heart and Soul, Say It Isn't So, Church of the Poison Mind, Climbed One, Crumbling Down, Almost Fell Off, which if anyone should fall off, it's that crazy midget. That was uh, one through 10 or 10 through one? That was one to 10. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's like, uh, let's see, Uptown Girl moved up two, All Night Long moved down one, Come On, Feel the Noise moved up like three, Islands in the Stream stayed about the same, Love was a Battlefield. Uh, moved down a couple, say, 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 moved down a handful, heart and soul, stayed, climbed one, say it isn't so. Yeah, so they did change order. They did. Um, as I sometimes say to... Uh, say, say, say. Yeah, to uh, <laughs> Phil, is that, uh, you know, we, I, I think I said this even last week, we are here to right the wrongs of people like Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> so... Just in case you didn't watch the you Siskel and Ebert just, on just, Christmas Vacation. You're trying to be inflammatory. No, I'm not. Okay, here we go. Gene Siskel on Christmas Vacation. Uh-huh. Unlike the other two films in this series, this one isn't even remotely funny. It also lacks enterprise. It's the only film in the series where the Griswolds family doesn't go anywhere. They stay stuck in their suburban Chicago home some vacation. I only laughed twice out of a hundred attempts at humor in this picture. There's no comic energy in this story. That Gene Siskel one was from Christmas Vacation, obviously. Okay. So oh, he yeah. hated that. Ebert yeah. hated Scrooge, I guess. And this mm. is what he's... No, I didn't like it at all. I was picking up a sense of anger and hostility throughout the picture. Apparently, he doesn't understand character, tone, and development. And Frank Cross was protesting too much at the end. He was pushing it. It didn't have any gentleness or real warmth in it. It's like a guy having a nervous breakdown instead of a Christmas message. This is the point of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, it, yeah. He says, George C. Scott says about, you know, a performance. He says, about joy of performance. Did you sense any joy in your performance from Bill Murray in this role? Uh, George, well, I guess what he's saying is George C. Scott says there should be a joy of performance, and he's saying that I didn't sense any joy of performance in Bill Murray in this role. Look at the fucking role, moron. Uh, so, you know, to me, these two, among almost all others, are complete fucking idiots, because if you want to write, like, an insightful article about, like, a film and all its dimension... Uh, have at it but like the term film critic you know if it's not already dead it really should i, I love the new york articles where they write it's like a vox piece where they they do a rundown wait, wait, of wait, wait. The new, you're talking new yorker you're are you talking like richard brody when they write articles i don't know who the writer is it's probably they, richard brody who is an actual fucking piece when, of when they write articles on movies just like a vox review of a great episode of television they're fantastic oh, like the to blurbs, read though, yeah yeah well, they, they, they write an in-depth piece just kind of explaining some yeah, stuff yeah, that's going yeah. on. Well, they don't always get it right. But no, but like, sometimes they don't. Like, he's obviously not judging this picture on anything to do with the film itself and how it works within its construct. He's, he's to, obviously comparing he's, it to something. And he, but he's yeah. got something in his mind that he's offering a comparison. But the thing right there about... Sense, right. I feel like... Yeah. Like, is there, I've actually watched the episode a couple times. Yeah. And he just goes on and on about the anger in the movie. The, yeah. The, he doesn't like the snark. He doesn't like the anger. Yeah, he doesn't sure. Like the, Great. But... Uh, he thinks that the movie has like... Mean-spiritedness. It's mean-spirited yeah. and it has like a contempt for the audience. Which, here's the deal. The 
point of Bill Murray being quote unquote Bill Murray is to have contempt for the audience. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just the throwaway lines alone are all contemptuous and that's what makes that movie perfection. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, look, they, they, yeah, they don't always get it right. No, they don't. I mean? And but I like, love their show as a teenager. I did later, you know, watching it oh, later. I still, they're all on YouTube, and but, I suggest everybody watch. I mean, every I've, single I've episode. said it ad ad nauseum in this, like, yeah. just to watch those. I like I, it for I, nostalgia. I do, but as an adult, I've never ever taken a movie review from a critic or a pair with a grain of salt. You just, you just really, yeah. Can't. But you also don't like to watch, like, you know, like nuts. This isn't whatever. Like, you know, a lot of like serious, like, oh yeah, I know, emotionally like complicated structurally compositionally like sophisticated movies you know what i mean right for sure what that that what they're 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 there to review those and like analyze them you know what i mean like a movie like scrooge to christmas vacation like that's not i don't want to say it's not their bread and butter but like that doesn't like speak to the skill sets they've really developed as i know like, but to me it speaks to the fact that they don't actually have a skill set if they can't if they can't make contact with something lobbed over the plate in an easy genre and an e- it's i don't know it's just it's just real i just think time tells the truth on all these things yeah maybe i mean yeah. i part of the part of the show's charm was them going at it of course and i think that gets leaned into a little yeah bit. well i mean the show like the show is the show like I've, it's entertaining and whatever and like i watch it for nostalgic reasons i remember watching it growing up a little bit but it's like roger ebert's actual writing i mean gene Cisco, fuck whatever i, I like right yeah Roger Ebert, like, was an actual, that dude was a a writer, you know? He was, like, fucking Ernest Hemingway of, like, film reviews. He was, like, a psychologist, like, a poet. Like, the dude knew how to fucking write. I don't disagree there. Mm -hmm. Just when they're on TV. And I I said, I loved the show. Well, that's why the show was a hit, is because they were going back at each other and, like, biting each other's heads off and getting carried away about shit they didn't get carried away about. But that's, like, how they generated ratings, you know? Yeah, yeah. One of the, if if I had my druthers, the one part of the movie that I just feel like brings it to a grinding halt is the pool scene. I don't know why they do this with these vacation movies where they have to insert well, sexually a t- like a three minute fantasy. hypersexual yeah, yeah. type of, it's like, dude, it's Christmas. Keep it in your pants. Yeah. You know, know what I, I mean? I just for they, one fucking minute. I think they just went to the well because they did that. There's a lot of pulls from the first one with for this one. one. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of I, like I agree. references yeah. in the dialogue and stuff. Here's the, the deal. Fletch is one of my favorite movies of all time. The first one, I absolutely, that's a movie that I, if it's on, I don't care where it is, I will watch the whole fucking remaining. thing. Yeah. Fletch yeah. 2, not so much, but the first one, Fuck that movie was revolutionary. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Yeah, well, you know, but that's yeah. also an, kind of an eighties trope. Is this this inserted scene of like hypersexuality? I why think so too. Why, yeah, why? Yeah. I don't know if we've ever really tackled that. I don't like, know, sure. but the eighties was obsessed with showing breasts. Yeah, they just yeah. needed it. It yeah. just every movie. And it's, I think it's, it, it's so true. They're like, we need something that's going to push us over the goalposts here. What do you think? And they're like, well, this actor hasn't shown their breasts yet. What do you think? Yeah. Well, they this was the this was a closer what pull. What was the deal? Why from the first <laughs> vacation one? Because there is a cutout. There is a scene cut out in Christmas Vacation where he talks to Russ after that scene. Okay. And kind of tries to justify or reason it a little, kind of just like, like the a pool. pool a pool waitress. Yeah, from, from the first one. Yeah, the pool. Yeah, the pool. Yeah, he's on the. Uh, he's wearing. He's all wet, wearing his members-only jacket mm. up, talking to Russ overlooking the pool, trying to. You the know, who her pool ma- waitress? Yeah, pool yeah, waitress. making excuses. 
but there's all sorts of uh, cues from the first one, like Eddie wearing the white shoes that uh, he gave Clark in that first one. And I did love those white shoes. I also did love seeing Eddie with his with his uh, sort of tank top tucked into his, uh, his oh, leopard yeah, bathing yeah, suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, His bathing suit. I thought you were going to say his uh, white V-neck sweater with the black dicky I mean, under it. That is fucking classic. I also love, there's like one little tiny beat where Clark uh, just touches that little um, fan thingy. Yeah. He just touches it just a li- and the thing crumbles to pieces. And he's got like these sort of like ginger hands trying to like put it all back together. And he just kind of <laughs> gives up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that like uh, you know one of the things I do love about Chevy Chase is like a little he has a really good knack for doing a very little subtle little beat like that and in European vacation when he's on the train and he's doing the thing flicking the ashtray open and closed yep. I, I that's like that's classic Chevy Chase to me it is. you know what I mean yeah and he's like and he's looking and making sure it's annoying everybody yeah, and you wonder how much of it was improvised, too. You I, know don't I, mean? know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But he has that sly look, and he's like, who yeah. am I going to piss off Well, now? in Christmas Vacation, here's, a, here's one of those little pulls for the, the physical thing with his hands, is when he uh, has his Tasmanian uh, devil coffee cup, and he stirs it with the stir, and he yes. takes a stir out, and he does like this thing it's with his little... hand, like he gets it on, <laughs> flicks it, does this thing. Yeah, yeah. He just has this like very intentful motion with his hands that way. It's, it's, it's very precise. It's Physical comedy is like, I mean, there's a the perfect example of it that's speaking of improvisation in uh, Scrooge. So what's that scene? I think they're in a restaurant, and he, uh, Bill Murray's character, like... Oh, the Baked Alaska. Was it that? And he's walking out, and on his way out, and like, he, he does this fucking crazy... No, bucket no. Of wa- he throws the bucket of water yes, on the waiter exactly. to put out the Baked Alaska, and he's like, oh, I thought you were Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, but then on the way out after that, you see him, and he walks out, and he slips on the water. Mm. Yeah. Which, so it was unscripted. He wasn't supposed to. So you yeah. can see him. It's. I would encourage anyone to go rewatch just this scene. It, it is actually a clip on YouTube. You can see him slip right and it's like you can see it and like oh shit like that wasn't part of it it's but calamity. then he leans yeah. into it and yeah. like makes it like funny you, like, and then it, he kind of gets up doesn't look back arranges himself yeah has like a little but that second walks exactly out. love it that second fall like they're like oh i just kind of fucked up but i'm gonna now like amplify this and mm. lean into it mm. that is like per- perfection physical yeah. comedy and like and oh the fact God. that he doesn't look back is what and, th- yeah. and yeah. like right. you say it's all completely unscripted but him saying like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be Frank Cross in this moment. Try to collect my dignity. Yeah, everything's yeah. behind me. Yeah. It's all behind I'm me. I'm not looking. I'm not, I don't want to know. Bryce is back there. Doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, there's no I in team. Although he did leave that like huge black rubber skid mark from his boot. I love that amazing. on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. It was like ultra smooth cowboy boots in the wintertime. And that was yeah. a great ad lib. That was that part. I mean, a lot of that stuff was ad lib. That was an ad lib about Richard Pryor setting himself on fire in 1980. Oh, that was incredible. Incredible. Running down the street. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I. I thought you were Richard Pryor. Oh, oh what an God. amazing reference. I mean, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that just the waiter too. When he's like, are you him? Are you him? And he's like, are you he? Yeah. <laughs> that, whoever that waiter is. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. And that mustache and that good. sassy. Are you he? Yeah. Now I had no intention on mentioning vacation 2015. And then I watched the trailer, and it actually looks funny. I know that I'll never watch it. I didn't even know it existed. Me either. So, no, pray huh? tell. Christina Applegate and some oh, guy from The you know Hangover. What? I did see this movie. I watched the trailer. The whole trailer looked funny. I'll never mm. watch it, but uh, it does. It does look good. And Wait, it, it's it probably delivers. 
I've seen I've seen it. It is uh the the problem with the movie is I I you know, we talked a minute ago about like uh Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. And the reason why they in my opinion, the reason why they they pan these movies so hard is because they had something in their mind that they were comparing them to. Yeah. And those movies will never live up to you know, for example, Scrooge Scrooge will never live up to you know, the Albert Finney version of Scrooge or it'll never the George C. Scott version. Right. That you're assuming that was the reference point in there, Brian. I honestly think that it was because if that's where they're going to hit zero and then watch the movie, Mm -hmm. they're going to be disappointed because it's not the the point of Scrooge was to be mean spirited. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, and with Christmas vacation, the point of that movie, in my opinion, was to not to like change anybody's life, but just to, give you like a little bit of a window into the Griswold's Christmas vacation, which is Clark had a week off. The kids have the week off. They're inviting the parents over. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vacation. Yeah. Right. So when what? Ebert says, awesome. or when Siskel says, Oh, they're, they didn't go anywhere. Well, that's the, it's a, that's the point. It's a mm-hmm. stay home vacation, you know? And I did, I do remember that. And I do remember like yelling, I watch it on computer and I'm like screaming at my terminal. Like, what the fuck? Like, don't you, how do you not get that he invited the family over for a few days? I think laughs that are a different. It, if you watch those shows consistently, yeah, uh, that's true. They have certain actors that they pick, that they pick on that they don't like. Yeah, Chevy Chase is one of them, and Steve Martin is another one. And the only movie that I can remember that both of them gave a good review for was that movie Roxanne, which, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's one of my favorite Steve Martin movies ever. And it's like a loose Cyrano type of, mm-hmm. you know, thing. I've yeah. seen it, yeah. So I, I, I honestly believe that they had it in for Chevy Chase. They don't like Bill Murray. Neither, neither one of them do. So I think that these, they, they, they pick these actors. I mean, Ebert was like effusively obsessed with him and lost in translation, but. Well, but this was different. Yeah. Because that was a different. Right, right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That wasn't a Bill Murray movie. Right. He's, he's yeah, in it. wasn't. It, but it's not a, you know what I mean? It's not a. It's a very different. It was oh, a very. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, it sorry, wasn't yeah, your yeah. typical Bill Murray performance at all, but it still was. In my opinion, very, that movie like restarted his yeah like you could debate that or rush more but yeah i think that that movie was the one that sort of um, he was able to pivot out of being typecast as like, bill murray from meatballs you yeah know? or fucking ghostbusters oh yeah, ghost, yeah. yeah ghostbusters yeah, yeah. Yep. But peter vankman he's not peter vankman right exactly he was trying to outrun that he was trying to it seems like bill murray was always was trying to outrun ghostbusters for a solid like 15 years like he took four years off of acting oh, after that, that movie Shit. okay well no no he did um, the razor's edge he flopped but he did yeah. um he uh, did I thought um, that was before i thought that was like 83 it was four years before it was 84 i think okay. and he did yeah. um a little shop of horrors, just like which cam- I do love like that movie. Cameo. I love oh, that it's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Which, and Siskel and Eber both love that movie. That as was well. a fucking yeah. great movie, yeah. which he referenced at the end of Scrooge with "Feed Me." Yeah, Seymour. "Feed Me Seymour." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was kind of he was kind of hurt, and he didn't he was afraid to carry this movie Scrooge. He was offered it two years before he said no. Then he heavily reworked the Damn. script with them. And I wonder what it would have been like two years prior as an '86 movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, when he's walking down the little road and he's like. What does he say? He's like, oh, trick the rubes, why don't you? Where, where, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. With David uh, Sanborn, Paul Schaefer, and Miles Davis. Yeah, exactly. Such an iconic yeah. scene. He's he like, like walks through that group of... You learned this yesterday? <laughs> Hicks. He's like rip, ripping off the Hicks. You learned this yesterday? That's what, yeah, ripping off learned the Hicks. Oh, I also... You know what I still use to this day? Bye-bye, Grandma. 
Bye bye, Grandma. I still, to this day, like, if somebody, like, you know. You son of a bitch. Because he gives her the finger. He gives her the finger. But here's the thing coming into that scene, (laughs) what you don't notice is the way Bill Murray comes into that scene is he shoves the guy down by the back out of frame. So it's almost like um, in trading places where the guy on the payphone whips people to the ground or tells them to fuck off. She's grabbing the door and Bill Murray comes into frame by jamming some guy in the back and he just flies out of frame and then he grabs a door handle. So even that is even just as funny as what he does to the old lady. But I love her voice. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But I just love, bye-bye, Grandma. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. It, I'm gonna treasure like, this. I, I'm gonna treasure this, and all of you. And he like ding, gives it a flick, <laughs> leaves it in the back of the cab. So if, oh, it, if it was made in '86, you think it would be like? I think it would have been a little more raw. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, wasn't he, it not quite, from him yeah. though. I don't think he was ready. He was still licking his wounds at that point. Okay. Felt kind of. He said he felt radioactive after Razor's Edge, and like I said, he did not feel confident even in this carrying a movie, which is insane now. But I guess you know hindsight is twenty twenty with these uh, things. Yeah. But so so we we got into yeah. Scrooge. I mean, you know obviously Scrooge is the more compelling movie. If if you ask me, right, right. Um, I think that the movie is is There's, as as a whole. I think it's a better movie. I think it's funner. I think it's got more more. It's got more bite. You know what I mean? I I love Christmas Vacation. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, I swear yeah. to God, I don't think I've ever watched the entire thing and not fallen asleep. Oh wow! Oh no, dude! I know, Scrooge, I know. Scrooge it is crazy. a way. Is, I mean, Even, it's a way better movie. Like Christmas Vacation is fine. It, it, it's fine. It's just, but it's just going from like Christmas Chevy Vacation. Chase fucking up to fucking up to fucking yeah. up. Oh, this is gonna get fucked up. Oh, he's gonna ruin this. Oh, this is how bad is this gonna be? Oh man, he's gonna Exa- he's yeah. gonna fucking the saucer that he's on is gonna go through. Like you know what I mean? Like uh, I mean, how, I, how bad can this get? And like that's gag after gag after gag, after which gag. is great. Scrooge is like a human movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where there's like an actual like, not that. Not that Chevy Chase's character, Clark Griswold, like, isn't a human being with, like, nuances and stuff, you know, but, like, Scrooge is. Do, just before we move on to Scrooge proper, do either one of you guys have a favorite scene from Christmas Vacation? It's a good question, yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'll start with mine. My favorite scene is when they're in Walmart. And he and Uncle Eddie keeps stacking the dog food. You like that? It's <laughs> where they throw the light bulbs under it right before he puts the next page, it's the, the, the next my bag down. Favorite scene for a couple of reasons, and one of them is obviously like get yourself something nice, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you know uh, Clark is like, well, you know, list, we want to make sure that yeah. you know the yeah. kids Ruby Sue and what's his name have yeah. a, have a good Christmas. Yep. Ruby Sue, who wears a wig, and I always thought it was a wig, confirmed. She oh! Had, she had a pixie cut, and they were like, that doesn't, yeah, like, what kid that age has a pixie cut? What demented, you know? So they, they she had a wig on. Okay. But yeah, he, they, he was putting down the dog food, then Clark grabbed some light bulbs, put it on top of the bag, then he threw another bag and just shattered them. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's like a full-fledged, like, sequence, but I always get a fucking kick out of, like, the shitter's full! Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you got that, like, tuba, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's poetry in motion when he goes, oh, no one's leaving here, this is... This is oh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the meltdown... Yeah, not the proper meltdown, but the one about, no, 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 no one's leaving, you know? And he's like... Ah. Worse? How could it get any worse? We're on the threshold of hell. Threshold of hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah his proper meltdown scene, uh, which I think is widely known, that the actors wore what he was going to say around their necks, so he could read all the insults. Oh shit! Okay, I didn't uh, know. That. Yeah, and if you actually watch, which is funny because I know that's out there, 
but why someone hasn't put out there the fact that when he stands there and the family goes closer and walks into frame mm. and you're looking at them from the back, you can see Diane Ladd open her sweater. It's like she's flashing him. Oh, okay. She like goes up and you can see her go totally. like this. Like, like there's something hanging around her neck that he needs to reach. Wow. Shit. Yeah, I've got to watch that now. I've got to read oh, that. I, totally. I missed that. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, small Easter eggs um, like that that are out on the internet. Um, stuff that isn't out there. Beverly D'Angelo, I read, was a, a, an illustrator, uh, an animator at Hanna-Barbera um, before she, you know, really got into the business proper. And her first role was... Um, uh, uh, Woody Allen's uh, Annie Hall in 77. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she, she was, had she twins was... at 49 with Al Pacino. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think she had them naturally, but she had them. She was great in American History X. She yes. was all right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, facts, yeah. facts. I mean, she's yeah. awesome in this. Yeah, she's fucking awesome in this. Great. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's like a, a, a nice warm sweater. Speaking of which, we're up to 57 degrees in here, man. We started in here at like 46 earlier, so it takes a while to, well, (laughs) we got a kerosene heater going, but uh, I brought the uh, thermometer in here too. The ball Santa just took his shirt off. He's kind of just sitting. (laughs) (laughs) That, that was, that's a hair, that's a hair sweater that he was wearing anyways. You think you can uh, hand me the uh, sellers over there if you can reach them? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Candy time. All right, guys. It's time for a chocolate-covered cherry uh, palate cleanse. Sellers Express. This commercial break is brought to you by Sellers. Yeah. Sellers milk chocolate. Twenty-two foil-wrapped chocolate-covered cherries for your eating pleasure. Mm. Perhaps more than any other time of year, this is the season when millions of people discover. Cameras do what no other kind of camera can do. What's this? Thanks for the milk and cookies, and thanks for the beautiful Polaroid picture. Love Santa. Happy holidays from Polaroid. Hard nosed Mrs. Hatcher. Talk fast, you can get. Today we'll be reading chapters three, four. You can never win her over. Thanks, Judith. I'll do colored pegs and follow the patterns. It's easy to make your favorite pictures and characters, or you can always create your own light pictures. Light bright, light bright, turn on the magic of shining light. Light bright from Milton Bradley. Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. 
Christmas from your Kmart Christmas store. Save on bowling balls and skirts, sweaters, rods, and wheels, and shirts. Cameras, TVs, bikes, and plants, handbags, bath oil, slippers, pants, mirrors, perfume, gowns, and socks, toasters, roasters, robes, and clocks, candy, records, film, and toys, and Santa Land for girls and boys. Christmas spotlight, every face at Kmart Christmas. Are good. Uh, so intermission. We'll do a little. Uh, how about some favorite uh, Christmas songs? I have, I have, uh, I have a couple that that come to mind that I, I think. Was, of. I was really. I went on a little Oh Holy Night binge this week. I think like some point midweek. It's like what an outstanding song. I was listening to like, you know, obviously anytime like a Christmas song starts getting traction for me at any season, the first thing is always like name of song and then like. <laughs> Dean Martin, Bing Crosby, like just Nat King Cole, like to see if they ever touched it, you know? Yeah. And then yep. if the, Sinatra is probably the number one. And if he touched it, then it's like, I'll listen to it on repeat all day long. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was listening to like harp covers of it. And like, wow. It's wow. a fucking beautiful, really beautiful I mean, song. But like, there's about a hundred Christmas songs yeah. and almost all of them, if you really just settle into them, are. But yeah, yeah when I, one really hits like that, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, so that's a favorite. Um, I love Away in a Manger. It's a beautiful song. I love, I mean, the ultimate the is. Holiday one? Yeah. So Silent Night is, is, is certainly. Well, I, growing up, going to, when I was go, growing up, going to church. Christmas Eve was just a really special service. It was like candlelit and shit. And like, you know, like it started at 11 o'clock and it was mad late. And everyone like at our church, there was always a, a 630 like family service. And then after that, everyone, everyone in the church would go to these people's house and get hammered, I guess. And I didn't know at the time because I didn't know what that was. I was like, wow, everyone's awful jolly at 11 o'clock. And then they come, <laughs> Look back, at you now. come back for the adult service. But then that service, you know, you'd have communion and then everyone, the lights would go real down. It would be just candles in the huge, you know, uh, church and we'd sing Silent Night. And it was a really, like, it was always the five minutes of the year where I took, like, my emotional inventory for the year, you know, just <laughs> you during those give it five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, it was just like it all, the whole year, like, Zoom before me. Even going, Cause, going cause, back to when I was, like, 10 years old, I was doing yeah, this. because you're like, not going to do it on New Year's Eve. You don't want to fuck that night up. You're no. like, I'll do it on Christmas fuck and no, where, yeah. where I can redeem and recover tomorrow when I get a gift and forget about straight, all that shit I just thought up. about. Exactly. But I'd say those are, like, those, those are probably my... Those are probably my top three. I mean, they're yeah. yeah. I but for, for me, it's like top everything. Like, I know. But dude. Bing Crosby is definitely the king of Christmas for me. As much as I like the oh to me, wait, are we talking people? No, no, no. I'm just I'm just talking about it and just oh. a little bit out there. But to me, there's a couple of different kind. There's there's um, it's the most wonderful time of year kinds, and then there's the away in the manger. Yeah, like the the carols, and, and they're very different. And I love really love the uh, I don't know what they call religious hymns. I really yeah. love those. And to me, you know, no one sells those better than Bing Crosby because the recordings are old enough, oh, they're man. sparse enough, the yeah. arrangements. Oh, yeah. It is just like you would just a Christmas tree on late at night. It's very low. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, it's always. I'm sure I've said this before. The Littlest Angel. Listen to that from Bing Crosby and see if you can hold back the uh, the water, the leaky eyes. Um, that that movie, that 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 song. Have you ever heard his it, version of White Christmas? <laughs> you fuck. I, I honestly thought I had a stroke there for a second. No uh, love for Dominic the Christmas Donkey. That is something. As a matter of fact, thank you for reminding me. I told Annalisa I was going to go in hard on the Italians this year because oh. of that. It's the most, it's the, it's, 
What's Dominic there's, the Christmas donkey? There's a few. Yeehaw, it's yeehaw. yeah. It, it's the Italian. It's an Italian Christmas song, and it's a blight on the planet. Come on! Ah, shut up, Cabuccio. <laughs> oh, it sounds. You know, I love, it some you know I love me my Italian American stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got really you got to list. Go ahead, listen to it for a minute. Um, and Bing Crosby, Christmas is Christmas is a coming. I love that song, even though it's more the lyrical content. Um, it's a jaunty little song, you know. So it's it's a lo- it's a lot different from the Littlest Angel, which is amazing. But a really nostalgic one is for me is uh, the uh, Harry Simeone. Uh, Little Drummer Boy from 58. Mm-hmm. That one is super nostalgic for yeah, me. I think that's... my aunt used to play it all the time or something, I'm sure. Yeah. I sing that yeah. shit to the cats. I have no treats for you. <laughs> and they just look at me blankly. Yeah, they're like, you, you don't exist to me. You didn't <laughs> yeah. before, and now you really don't. And now you really don't. What I about you, treats. Tony? I know you're always really dipping into these Christmas songs. Uh, you know what? I, 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 don't, I, I, like, I don't get... I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not, you know... Uh, the heavy ones don't do a lot for me. You know, like maybe the, uh, what is it? The Vince Giardi yeah. trio. Yeah, yeah. The Peanuts one. But that's like nostalgic for you know, staying up late and watching Peanuts Christmas. You know, there's yeah. not... But that's good for your heart and soul, too. It's all, Yeah, it's all right. But to be fair, I have the same amount of, like, romantic nostalgia for the McDonald's commercial that goes along with it. Oh, yeah, right. I know it sounds horrible, but... I didn't, I didn't include the McDonald's commercial last week because there's actually no dialogue in it. I looked it up, Phil, I was going to include it, but there's no dialogue. Yeah, it's just it's a just creepy, saying. like, pre- no, predator Ronald so, McDonald. So creepy, so creepy, right, dude? So what about, we, we do talk about this every year, but what about, like, uh, candy before we get, you know, before we go further? Like The ultimate Christmas candy is a gumdrop, and it's just... See, I don't me, even have that on my radar because I never not, had it. To me, it's, oh, they like, you aren't a gingerbread house decoration, just you're right. getting a fist of those. You're right. You want to hear right. a funny gumdrop story? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> go for it. Oh, it's too long. Oh, okay. Well... Kids no, now not, are just spoiled yeah. for candy. It's not so. Christmas related, though. So. Yeah, we can't be. We can't be happy. I will that. say that you know, like in terms of Christmas candy, when I was a when I was a young guy, we had this tradition in my family where every my I have like my family is from High Park and um, Mission Hill and Roxbury. That's where like my dad's family all grew up. So every year we would jump in the car and we would make the trip over the bridge, and my dad would stop and he'd get dunks. You know, a couple dozen donuts and a couple of coffees for, you know, his brothers and sisters. Um, and then we'd end up in Hyde Park at my grandmother's place. And my grandmother's idea of like, it, it, God bless her, she, her thing was she would have candy bowls with M&Ms mm. and then soda, mm. like tonic, like we called it tonic. And it was uh, Coca-Cola, you know, they were a Coca-Cola family. So... If you can imagine four, four kids all under the age of 12 pounding Just, fistfuls of, oh, yeah. of uh, holiday M&Ms and um, those little clear plastic uh, disposable cups of, um, you know, they're like translucent white almost, yeah. of uh, Coca-Cola that was piss warm because it just sits <laughs> next to the fridge, not in it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you'd have like a, it's meltdown a little central. bit of lasagna or whatever. And we were Pure just fucking sugar. climbing the fucking yeah. walls. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the, the Watching like a black, and, a black and white TV in the family room. 
Yeah, that's like all those guys were all out there. That's like, a seminal childhood. Like, welcome to drugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I still have a really nasty relationship <laughs> with candy because of, you know, we Overdoing just it, yeah. just jamming like what we just jamming a whole mouthful of uh, those. Uh, holiday M and M's, and it was like green and red. Yeah, yeah. did they come? So the remember like the where, clear candy cane they would come into? Like well, the these were just yeah, a bag, yeah. like a bag in a bowl, yeah, like a big, like a salad bowl. And I remember I would just have so many in my mouth at any given time that they would start dissolving, oh my and God. they would sting. It would hurt. You know what I mean? But you couldn't stop. You know what I mean? You'd have to just keep going. You'd dissolve the candy shell. To a certain, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that yeah. is hardcore. Yeah, I yeah. still try to do that every once in a great while, and that is a dance with like mortality. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, this is I, I, I this is gonna haunt me for the rest of the day that I've done this. But here's the best part: is every fucking year my dad would get lost on the way in because Boston is always under construction, mm-hmm. always. So it would always take us, you know, an hour to get from Lynn to Hyde Park. So invariably whether he wanted to or not we would be driving through boston looking at all the lights and all the people and you know again this is christmas eve and you know every single christmas eve we would be driving through proper boston looking at and feeling the you know that's awesome the sights and the whole time my dad is yelling top of his lungs what in the holy fuck did they do now of course he is i was thinking about like the titular ribbon candy because of what oh, it does to your yeah. mouth. I yeah, fucked with that. Yeah. I couldn't not fuck with that because we didn't get a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, when you're a kid, you shove, if it's candy, you eat it. Yeah, Even if you yeah. ate it, you'd still be like, I hate this. And you're what about, eating it begrudgingly. <laughs> How does anybody expect me to, and you got mouths full of it. Yeah. How am I expected to enjoy this disgusting candy? And you just, a fucking you just keep going. It. You just yeah. keep going. You know what, what I mean? And what about the red and white uh, Santa lollipops? Yeah, I love them. The, yeah. Yeah. I love them. And it's funny because I'm a chocolate guy. I remember them being red and guy. green. Oh, I remember red. They're, they're red with the white like accent. Like, yeah. And we're not talking about chocolate. We're talking about just like. Um, oh, yeah. Just like. What else you got on that list? I got some. Uh, well, the chocolate covered uh, marshmallow Santas, of course. Mm, the Russell time, Stover yeah. stuff. Good which, old Russell Stover. You know what? Oh, I was in multiple oh, stores <laughs> looking for hollow chocolate Santas this week. And the stores are so cheap now. They will only buy exactly what they're going to sell and nothing else, including the amount of which they buy, which sucks. Uh, Hershey Kisses, those were, you know, now they're nothing, but back then, you they know. Were, they were something. There was a then. jar of... I'd try to eat the tip first and then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta, I like, you knock would. the tip. Yeah, I, I, I would eat the tip and then, like, try to cut it right down the middle with, like, the candy. Wow, I just yeah. went for it. Yeah. Yeah. Storybook lifesavers, of course. Uh, Christmas nougat, which is disgusting, but also... If it's there, the Braxton. Gra- yeah, 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 yeah. You grab it. And nope. the Andes and the After Eights, stuff like that. Yeah. Those are rich people candies. The well, Andes we had, we had, a, we had After Eights, but we, mm. we were not rich. I looked forward to my mm. grandmother's uh, meringue. As, as he has a pinky out in his Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> we're not rich at all as he takes a bite out of his refreshing hey. Andes. <laughs> I, like, you know what? I'm going to fuck this all up and say I looked forward to celery on Christmas Eve. I love celery and fuck? I always have. I don't know what they would put on it, but celery itself, I just love. There's something about the flavor Ball of Santa celery. Santa just put his shirt on and left. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe there's 
<laughs> There's some sort of cream cheese or something in the celery. That's I so like that weird. shit. Okay. Celery is delicious. No, it's just like I, a stock I, of I, celery. I, if to me, so good. Celery does this thing where it turns your mouth numb. Turns uh, your mouth numb. I don't, I don't eat it. If you uh, if you eat okay. like a few stalks, oh well, you have like, okay. something going on there. Well, okay, so that's I mean Christmas candies. We you look, we didn't, we weren't, we none of us were well versed, but. You know, oh, we, we I, have have the standards. My, I have my staples. Yeah, the gingerbread house is the cuda. You know, that's like always that was mission gingerbread house. I never decorated one until oh, um, so fucking. Fun. I think I decorated one last year. It was my yeah. first one that I did. Good, with, t- good uh, time, man. Did you enjoy? Yeah, it? with Kelly's daughter Sid. We yeah. it was. Uh, I think it was um, Annalisa and Sid and uh, myself and Kelly, and we built our like to a team and to see whose came out better. You know. You like bake the gingerbread yourself, or no? It was a kit, you yeah, know. Right, I mean, yeah, kids yeah. don't have little starter know. starter kit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we enjoyed it—the frosting, you drawing everything with the frosting so fun, tubes dude. and everything. Yeah. That was a first time for me. So eating the gumdrop off like a two-day-old gingerbread house—that's what's up. Oh, <laughs> you do, know what? I, I do would do that. Those. Oh, just pick them off like. Yeah. I would do that if we had it, but I didn't. So gumdrops don't really appeal to me, but I would. What about them. those spice drops? You guys fuck with those? Ooh, ever? Dude, yeah, all day. Those yes, yes, yes. Them. I mean, I love those fruit wedges with the oh, hard same. sugar yeah, like same. coating on it, yeah, like yeah, yeah, granular. Yeah. Yep, so fucking good. Those yeah. jelly, it's jelly ridiculous. fruit slices, yeah, yeah. or those orange chocolate balls that you like break into slices. We didn't so have them as kids, opulent. but mm-hmm. they've been around. Yeah. yeah, I got that as an adult when oh, I had jelly my own slices. Money. Yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. it would be like the. I still buy those as stocking stuffers for my niece and nephew. The orange thing. Yeah, the orange yeah. ones, and then there's a, a lime one too. That's oh, okay. yeah. I always thought that like Toblerone, the orange, the chocolate orange, and obviously like Andy's mints, rich stuff, rich. Not Andy's like, after eight. Andy's are like little welfare things with a little uh... in the individually wrapped pack. Well, I consider after eight bespoke, okay. and Andy's are like uh, get it, get out of here with your Girl Scout cookie. You know, okay, blue collar. Toblerone shit. is undeniably bougie. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, so is lint. But, oh, Lent is oh, the, I fucking love those. The chocolate bowls. Those are great. Uh, let's, let's just fucking blaze right into Scrooged. Let me just run down the stats, okay? I don't want to bore you people anymore <laughs> as I keep bumping the microphone. Uh, released 11-23-88. Um, actually, actually, hold on there. Hold on. For Christmas vacation, let's do the box office. Came in uh, Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. When was that in, released? When was Christmas uh, vacation? December first, eighty nine. So, but it wasn't it going. Was it Back to the Future two, or is that Scrooge that it was? I think Scrooge was going up against Back to the Future two. Ah, uh, no. This that was this. This was uh, first place the weekend it was released at fourteen point seven million. Um, budget of twenty five million made seventy three. Uh, second place that week was Back to the Future two at fourteen five. Then Steel Magnolias at six point six. Harlem Nights. At six point six, and then the Little Mermaid at four point nine. Wow, that is stunning! That the Little Mermaid would be. I had in my head that would be like a '90s movie. Oh yeah, yeah. well, you know, it was the very end of '89. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just I, yeah. You're right. You're actually right. Yeah. I remember that as like totally. when I was properly working somewhere, like mm, that. That mm. was out. Yeah, that definitely hits like '93. Or something. It feels yeah. like it. Feels like it. So now we've got Brian Doyle, Brian Doyle Murray again in Scrooge released November twenty third, nineteen eighty eight. Warner Brothers 
Richard Donner, Danny Elfman with his Beetlejuice-like soundtrack released 23 years later in 2011. Budget, $32 million. Box office, $100 million. First place the week it was released at $16.2 million. And then we have The Land Before Time at 9.2. Oliver and Company at 7.2. Cocoon, The Return, which Ugh. no one asked for. No. Cocoon, The Reach Around at 6.4. <laughs> and uh, Ernest Slaves Christmas at 5.9. Mm. That might be worth a rewatch, actually. I, I can't. Er, I couldn't er, watch Ernest er, if you paid er, Ernest? Me. Yeah. Okay. Er, earnestly, no. I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> I, liked, I like those Ernest movies. Uh, that, you know what, though? That, that's that going to be been, a no from me, dog. That, I mean, you would have been about 10 or 11 or 12. It was just so, yeah, zany, wacky. That sort yes, of like shit. hyperactive. Exactly. You know Pounding what I mean? candy yeah, watching we, Ernest. We yeah, had Pee Wee exactly. Herman. So. Pee Wee Herman or Drop Dead Fred or, yep. you know, yep. we had our share of yep. like manic nut jobs. Woo! Woo! Ernest was a milk commercial. Originally? Yeah, it was originally like, yeah, that, hey, like, hey Bern, that sounds familiar. Would you like some milk, I the guess? The origin stories. <laughs> like a I gallon of like milk. I know that, Someone get on that. Someone get on that. I'll, I'll run down the cast if anyone wants to look that up. You don't have to, but another mega cast for this. We already know the heavy hitters, but uh, Bill Murray, Karen Allen, Carol Kane, Alfre Woodward, Bobcat Goldthwait, John Forsyth, David Johansson, Joel Murray, John Glover, Brian Doyle Murray, Robert Mitchum who only came on because Bill Murray talked to him. John Murray, Mabel King, Michael J. Pollard, Buddy Hackett, Wendy Malick. Oh, that's right. Jamie Farr, Lee Majors, Robert Goulet. Lee Majors? John Hausman in his last film. I think he died before it was released. Paul Schaefer, obviously Miles Davis, uh, Kathy Kenny, Jack McGee. I mean, just so many. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I can't hear Lee Majors' name without doing the Santa Claus, like, Lee Majors. Oh, yeah. Wait, the, you've one. been a really good boy. Yeah, you've been yeah. a very good boy this year. And he This like, is one Santa uh, who's growing out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. The, the night the reindeer died. Uh, you know what? I'm going to get rid of all the top shit here so we can just get into the movie clean and not have to remember to come back. How good was that very opening, the very, very opening sequence where obviously the night the reindeer died, but then you have... Robert Goulet's very Cajun Christmas. Yeah. Where he's being yeah. chased by a crocodile or alligator crocodile. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whichever one. And uh, Mary Stocked. Lou Retton. Yes. As Tiny Tim. That was a little glitch in, in the, the movie, actually, because they showed they showed that um, Mary Lou Retton doing the, the back out with yeah. the arms with this like one. this. Yeah. Does and, one of uh, these. Yeah, does yeah. one of these, which is funny because I wrote down, but then I couldn't find it anywhere, that when she lands... The photographer from Cobra is standing right behind her, but it's just a guy who looks like that actor. Oh, but here's yeah, okay. the thing. They showed that in the beginning <clears throat> in part of the film that they used, Yeah, but it happened later in the film live. Like when they were right before they went live that night, they showed that shot. It's funny. Oh, uh, okay. I never picked up on that. Yeah, Damn. I picked Damn. up on a bunch of stuff like that for you, between the these two movies. Well, yeah. I mean... No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I mean, these movies, no matter how much I ruin them, they are real when I watch them. I mean, homie, the the IBC, the whole like IBC bumpers where he's like, you'll love it. Like that yeah. guy, I, I don't know if they got an actual... They must have. 
No, it's obviously not Don Pardo. No, but, but they like, showed the guy doing the voiceover because he did. He was doing the voiceover <laughs> live when they were doing the live broadcast. Oh, good. They call, showed yeah. him at the mic, and the funny part about it is he would watch his mouth. Right. Really, we- it's almost like he's making a mean face when he's saying a couple of the words. It's well, it's like a weird in order to like get into that persona. Right. It's the same with like that. The the guy who does like in a world oh, where yeah. this happened and then you did that. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, it's the same. Like yeah. you know how they ha- they in, in order to like I've watched these guys like uh, again on YouTube. I hate to keep being that guy, but if you watch these guy these narrators on YouTube, they get into like a a mode almost yeah. like you would see like a boxer hyping themselves. Yeah, there's up. a physical yeah. posture to that yep, thing. Yep. Like, it's yeah. pretty fucking fascinating. That's, you know. uh, that reminds me, I think we're going to have to uh, rewind here. Uh, I think everyone should uh, pick an Aunt Bethany line and do a little Aunt Bethany impersonation. Oh my God, Aunt Bethany. <laughs> what lines did she actually have? I'm trying to think of one here. Is Rusty still in the Navy? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, it isn't every day someone moves into a new house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, did I break wind? <laughs> oh, Aunt Bethany. And she was, uh, um, we pledge, I pledge allegiance <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the flag. The blessing. Right, right. He was, he was only like 61 and she was like 86 or something. There was like a 17 year difference between the actor Jeez. and actress there. Yeah. Um, I guess we won't, I can't remember many of her lines off the uh, top of my head right now, but when I was watching it, I was thinking, <laughs> I got to get these guys to do an Aunt Bethany impersonation. <laughs> she has, I mean, she does Betty Boop and olive oil. None of us stand a chance. Yeah. So it's right. pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty even, uh, competition for us. So let's, I'm just blasting this out of the way. Top 10 billboard snapshot from November 88, bad medicine, Bon Jovi, baby, I love your way, will to power, desire. You too. How can I fall? Breathe. Kissing a fool. George Michael. Look away. Chicago. I don't want your love. Duran Duran. Wild Wild West. The Escape Club. Giving you the best that I got. Anita Baker. The Locomotion. Kylie Minogue. Bunch of shit. Top news stories. November 88. Let's get rid of them. Staten Island Ferry gets its first pay phones. I'm guessing that's on the boat. And uh, the virus, speaking from earlier, the Morris Worm, the first internet distributed computer worm to gain mainstream media attention, launched from MIT. Ooh. It strikes a Pentagon, the STI Research Lab, and uh, a bunch of universities. Uh, highlight, one of my favorite things that I've ever witnessed live, aside from everything that happened in my own house, Geraldo Rivera's nose is broken by uh, Roy Innes as he, uh, you know, Kind the of chair, yeah, with the chair and the nose with the skinheads on TV. I don't uh, remember that. I'm gonna have to go watch oh, that. Oh, go look that up. It yeah, was pretty it's amazing. Love seeing that. It, it's like the leg of the chair just creases the bridge of his nose. It's so good. And then he comes back on after, like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, he's, he's such a journalist. He's yeah, like yeah. out in the battle. Give me a fucking right, break, right, you right, clown. Right. I mean, it, oh. it was a big, big, it was a big deal. And you know what? I think that he single handedly. Because because of how much attention it got, I think that he definitely spawned an entire like subgenre of like sensationalism oh, in yeah, yeah, yeah. these phony like panels. If you get oh, what I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, because you know, like I feel like right after that, every like Donahue and Sally Jesse and yeah. all these other people started doing these sensationalized. You know, he lived in Beverly for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he told and, us. Yeah, this, and he yeah. was like legendarily like when the Lucky Dog was Barney's, Barney's, 
Shea Barnet. I still want to see this somewhere. Someone to toss a chair. I, I, I know he used to like he used to go there like every single. I've just got to Google his. name. I heard that he was a uh, like a amateur boxer. Oh really? You can tell he, by his nose. Yeah. Yeah, that, and then he like was a you know for a long period of time he was like an actual like you know um, Golden a Gloves a contender. Yeah, it could have been somebody. Could have been so. I just watched that last week. I bet. First I mean, time it's in a while. Fucking historic. Um, On the waterfront. Uh, Vice President George H. W. Bush elected president, beating Michael Dukakis. Last piece of news, guys. New York MTA announces it may replace tokens with credit card type passes. Ooh. And here we are with them now. See? They did what they said. They honored their word. They honored it. <laughs> they honored it. No. Sitcom Murphy Brown uh, with Candace Bergen premieres on CBS and Robin Givens sues Mike Tyson for $125 million for liable. I remember that. And uh, Phil, I don't know if any of us will be around, but uh, we can reuse our 1988 calendars in 2044. Long gone, all of us, and, man. Yeah, and the date was 12,432 days ago. Uh, last appearance for the Solid Gold Dancers in Scrooge, sadly. Oh. The end of an era, huh? And you could hardly see A those swan nipples. Song, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I'm and really you, looking. <laughs> these guys are really looking. <laughs> but you can you can hardly see them nipples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they actually played up the uh they did play up uh Bill Murray's Ghostbusters <laughs> turn when they when they advertised this film. They were like, Oh, Bill Murray's at it with ghosts again, battling ghosts oh, yeah. again. Uh, you know what? Right up until you said that, I never ever made that connection. Fuck me. What? Well, that's why it did with a trilogy oh, the of ghosts. Truth, common right? denominator thing. I, I like just until, when you just said that. I Studios, swear, like my brain sure did, did like a little short circuit, uh, yeah. and I. Oh, I mean, we're blowing minds all over the globe right now. You consider, just experienced what some of our fan consider mm-hmm. my socks blown off. The, I'm the gonna fuck go ahead and put off. them back on. The fuck off. Yeah. Out the fucking window. Socks blown. You really did just blow my fucking They will be frozen to the fucking sidewalk (laughs) in the morning, kid. Your fucking socks are going to be at Cumbies (laughs) waiting behind two packs of Salem Light 100s. Yeah, how do you like these socks? (laughs) Yeah, how do you like these socks? You like socks? How do you like these socks? (laughs) They're from the Goodwill Huntings. Sorry. Cross, a thing they nail people to. I like that. Fantastic. And I love that he's like, oh, you get two chances to rough him up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You know what they say. Or that can just be a new intro. He's like, oh, clear shot at his head where he's got the telescope and he's like, Elliot Laudermill is leaving for the day. (laughs) Four minutes, 29 seconds. Thank you. Yeah. Cancel his Christmas bonus. Oh my God, poor Elliot Lauderman. Uh, I love this. You can't show that. That's like the Manson family Christmas. Yeah. He was so good. You know, I really think you and I yeah. are we're, a we're little, a, little in alike. A, yeah, in a lot of ways, we're, we're a, little a little bit, bit alike. alike. <laughs> and the way he like the way Frank tries to swallow that, it's mm. like castor oil. There's Russian vodka poisoned by Chernobyl. I love that. I love that door exploding scene that, and John Forsythe. How great role. is that? For the special effects? Oh, it's really good. I yeah. want to know if they got John Forsyth in makeup for all of that time or if they had like a thing that they just fit over his head for the most part and then dressed it because that's some serious... It was fantastic. Makeup, yeah. yeah. Um, 
like when his arm broke, when he's hanging him out the window. Oh and my he's god! Just ripping it reminds his me bones. of chicken wings. Yeah, I don't think it was a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, what does he say? You can take a shot at me, but but take it easy on the Bacardi. I do love. I, that. I've watched this movie twice since last week. This is Scrooge twice, is huh? my this is my ultimate Christmas movie. I fucking love this flick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, and I don't even care about the story arc. Do you know? What I, mean? I just love oh, the well, visuals. Oh, I love yeah, yeah. the city. Everything. Like this is. You know when we when I talked a little bit about ago about like driving through Boston and seeing the city and seeing the lights and the people and all that shit. This is what I'm reminded of is like the very few moments that we get to be on the streets in New York. Yeah. And seeing like people and interaction and that sort of like uh Christmas affectation that we do. I can't, I I think I feel like I'm a little bit onto something here but like you know, Bill Murray even mentions it's like during the holidays, we're a little more affable towards one another. Right. And um, so even as a little kid, even though my dad was screaming, holy murder in the front seat, watching out the window, like, you know, driving through the commons, you know, driving down across, like across the theater district and. Yeah. The hustle and bustle and the. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like driving like past downtown yeah, yeah. crossing. Well, and the belief and, that everything is not what's going on inside the car. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, you know, my dad had a really explosive temper, especially when like his, he had a plan. He had a, to his credit, he had a plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And then as soon as you get off the Tobin bridge, and this is before pre big dig this, as soon as you get off that fucking bridge, your plan goes out the window and it ends up being you're, like, you're like a lab rat. Suddenly. It's like fucking Mad Max. You and know all he mean? wants to do is get there to see if Donna Summer is visiting home for Christmas as well. You know, God bless him. He brings it up every single time she comes up. And I know that she passed away. I'm not even 100% sure that he knows that, but. That's okay. He doesn't need to. You know, he's got, he's got mm-hmm. his, ma- I mean, please, that's a great memory to have. I know, and, right? Uh, Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, I grew up next to another rooming house that actually burnt down right after we moved into bought and moved into our rooming house and a guy died in it. His name was Bart. And then my brother would go in there and Summon rifle through stuff. I remember they were throwing like M80s in like the bulkhead door and like then they tore the house down and it was just a foundation that you could go in and then they built like low income duplex there, which was another grand uh adventure to have <laughs> as neighbors. Still still there too. What did you guys do for like a Christmas tree and shit? Oh well, that's I asked that because, like I said, in, in the rooming house situation, we would... well a, a lot like a lot like um well I don't know if they did this, but in a Wonderful Life, obviously they're running a rooming house. His parents, there are renters upstairs. I don't think they. I didn't. We didn't see any come downstairs. But I always say it was like it's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve when is when we celebrated, and inevitably, especially in the first half of the eighties, we actually had some renters. That we really enjoyed. So there'd inevitably be like a couple of renters that would come down for like an hour or so on Christmas Eve with our family. It was our family and my grandmother and aunt. And then a couple of renters would come down. My brothers were old enough where they were kind of in and out, whether they were sober or not. So, uh, yeah, we had a couple of renters come down. But the Christmas tree, this is... uh, How, How much older are your brothers than you are? Uh, let's see, two and a half years older and then, um, okay. So they would have been well on their way. And then five years older. So they would have been well on their way to just being like straight up adult. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like, it was 64, 66 and 69. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but we actually had a thing called Robin Hood trees. My brothers, 
would go and rob Christmas tree lots. And then they would sell Christmas trees out of our driveway. Pretty much you bring up anything hustle. and we've done it. So tons of people used to get Christmas trees at our, I forget where they would, where they would do it. I meant to ask him last time I sat down with him for Malden Chronicles. They had one or two places they would, they would hit. And I remember there's one story where they were driving home, uh, I think on the zoo road, uh, the stone zoo road. And uh, there was someone driving next to them trying to get their attention. And they were basically like, what the fuck? Fuck off. Fuck off. And then they realized there's trees falling out of the back that they stole. <laughs> um, so we would, we would have uh, for a number. How do they know where we're going? I know. Exactly. <laughs> so for a number of years, um, my mother rented rooms and she also, I mean, this is the whole time, but for a number of years, we ran a Christmas tree lot out, out of our driveway. She rented parking spaces because we lived right downtown and there wasn't much parking for all the multifamilies. So she rented parking spaces in the driveway and rented rooms. My brothers would rob all the trees, bring them to our house and line them all up against the wooden fence. And people would come and buy them for like the next week, you know, 20 bucks a tree or something. That's amazing. So we got, you know, we got our free tree. Flipping trees. Jeez. Yeah. They called it Robin Hood trees because, you know, they stole Of course. From, yeah, yeah. You know. So that is a story that will be told. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love the edit where the, where um, uh, David Johansson's character, the, the ghost of uh, Christmas past, Who, as is we like, know, is the singer of the New York Dolls. Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty cool. I know he was good friends with Bill Murray, anyway. and the oh, singer, I didn't know that. Yeah. and the okay. singer of Hot Hot Hot. Yes, and he's in Bill Murray's uh, Christmas special yeah. on Netflix, yeah. where he sings Fairy Tale of New York, which is fucking fantastic. I love that Netflix special. But what I was going to say is. I love the edit where uh, the blonde girl is flirting with him at the office party and, 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 and Bill Murray's like, I must have been insane. What was I thinking? He's All like, right. not that one, not that one. And right, right when he, he says, not that one, not that one, and the, the, he yanks his face back into the elevator as the doors close. And then the smash edit to the door bouncing off his face yeah. and it's Claire. <clears throat> no, it was fantastic. They had some great, they did have some really great editing in this. And, um, Carol Kane's character, the ballet, the ballet dance she was doing, it was supposed to be a ballet dancer, but mm-hmm. she practiced for a couple of weeks to cover off her parts, and then they would double a ballet dancer. When, I forget who it was on the film, went to see her after a couple of weeks, they were just laughing so hard that uh-huh. they said, we should not use the ballet dancer, we should just do just it with her. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see how they could have done it any other way. It's amazing the way these... We always, or I always say, you can't back it out the way these turns go, where it's like that her dancing is just such a heavy part of her character. That's hilarious. That I can't imagine them using like a real ballet dancer for the ball breaker suite, you know? She had, a, she had a real hard time, we all know, too, abusing Bill Murray and that she was crying and stuff and having a little bit of a breakdown. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I do she, know that she, like, ripped his lip Ripped open. his lip, yeah. Yeah, yeah right, with the kiss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they were oh, like, no, that's a kiss when she grabbed him by the lip. Yeah. yeah. That Whoa. little, what do you call like, this? if you, what do you call touch that? me again. Yeah. They had to close down, like, shooting for a couple of days because of it. Yeah. I like uh, on, uh, on the set, too, I never noticed on the set where... She calls him Lumpy, and then the guy with the mouse comes over and says, excuse me, Lumpy. That's amazing. And when he says, I never noticed this before, he says, Round these parts. Yeah. They call me Miss Across. Yeah, yeah. Like, Missa. Miss Across. Like, he's Round a southern part? plantation Well, guy. because he's like a southern guy. Well, I would never do anything to hurt this little critter. I just never picked up. Oh, I rewound okay. it a couple of times. I was like, is that aging well? And I was like, no, it's just, it's not like heavy leaned into it. He's just like, they well, call the guy me Miss Across. The, 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 
Yeah. The, the actual like prop guy was Southern. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, around these parts, we call him Mr. Cross. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I would never do anything to hurt this little Mr. guy. Mr. Crow. Yeah, and he's like, all right, Marlon Perkins. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> uh, I didn't like that they mispronounced him Jinsu now. I know, I know. Yeah, that was a little whack. It's a bone, you lucky dog. That was great. Yeah, favorite scenes, favorite scenes. I mean, that whole, the ending sequence is a classic. That, the best sequence of the film. A lot of it was improvised yep. too, I guess. Yeah, he he went off all of his marks and I, really I, drove I, some I, people. I mean, crazy. that scene is is the is the scene of the movie. I've said opinion. it before. That's it's, fucking Christmas. That and but, ET are the ones that put me on the edge of tears. That, also, that scene. I also really liked the sequence when he meets Karen Allen. You know, like and he like gets hit in the face with the door. Yeah, and then like um, they just have that little banter outside of the. He's the like, I'm gonna mat, go down right? and get him. Stay here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. And then she's just, Karen Allen's awesome. Right, I mean, but I'm bummed. fucking great. Yeah. But she's what, like, did he, what did he say to her? Sir, would you like to go get Chinese food? It's like, no, do you, do you, shop, are you, gonna, you shop on this side of the street? Because if you do, I can walk on the other side. Yeah, bum bum Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought that was a real tender scene, and it really showed some of like Murray's acting chops. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, and I love her in this movie. Oh, she's I, fantastic. She's amazing. Absolute doll. Yeah, this truly. and Animal House. I don't. I all the in betweens with her. I I cannot recall. But this and Animal House. I oh, I do Ra- remember. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, she was. She's oh, just, okay. Yeah, just, she was good in Raiders, but I didn't like that she was like damsel in distress because the first time I had seen her was in American Graffiti. And you remember she was uh, like ready to just punch everyone. Well, so in Raiders too. She fucking. Yeah, that's not, a good point. But I, I'm having a bestory, yeah, the drinking content. But you know what though? I guess what it was it was when she was in the trapped in the basket. Oh yeah, right, right. And she's like, Indy, yeah. you know what I mean? Indy, where are Yeah. That actually that was the only scene that grated on my nerves in that. Yeah, it was a little superfluous, but yeah, I, I yeah. mean still the most perfect action movie of all time you know what i was reminded I agree of with it's that. the number yeah, one yeah. it's a, it's a contender for one of my favorite movies of my all time. dudes i know that this is going to be like our unpop opinion yeah but i loved her in that kingdom of the crystal skull i only I had the stomach to watch it once yeah. i can't really remember did you see the it, the trailer for i haven't i can't bring myself to watch it I'm not feeling good about it. No, no. I was reminded recently, though, that I did go to the Wang Center for a... Um, a Wangathon? Uh, what is it? Indiana Jones, like, marathon sport. thing. Oh, really? So I saw Indiana Jones. It was probably, this was the early 90s, so there was probably only two out at the time. Oh, because Crusade but came out in... 88. I thought it was 88. 88 or 89. But, yeah. I, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I've ever properly really wa- even watched the whole thing. And someone told me recently, yeah, you remember we, we went to the Wang Center and it was like people were dressed as him and all this shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because we knew someone who was a huge Harrison Ford fan. And, and so apparently I saw those two back to back in the Wang Center. Wow. Just, I just have a terrible memory for, for so many things. Yeah, I mean, those... Don't even get me started on those. Like, they're, the Raiders is a perfect movie. It is stands the test of time. Hasn't aged today. It is a 11 out of 10 motion you could, picture. You could play that movie because it's a period movie. You could play it anytime. Uh-huh. But I will say this. I saw Temple of Doom in the drive-in, and that was the first Indiana Jones that I had seen. Oh, really? So that was the one that resonated with me more. It's awesome. a very amazing movie. It was, you know, obviously panned right. by everyone, but I thought it was uh, fucking awesome. Fantastic fucking movie. Yeah. They're all great except Crystal Skull, which is. Just- uh, you know, 
I don't love it. It's but not, it doesn't I, even belong in the same I, I know. Like, conversation. I know, but I still... It's always nice to see Harrison Ford. Always nice to see Karen Allen. Yeah. Always. Always. But always. like, yeah, I mean, totally unnecessary. <laughs> Um, I love I love Frank's energy when he pairs up with Louder Milk again. Finally, when he comes out of the elevator and it's like oh, yeah. they become a pair. I oh love yeah, that. that's fantastic. It's so so good. It's like that's so you. <laughs> yeah, right. How about my office? You want my office? You know. What's so your favorite? Like what your, your favorite scene? I mean, they're all so amazing, but I think the restaurant scene is my favorite. Oh yeah, B- because I just love that, like. Uh, He's having a meltdown and he's trying to keep it together. And he's like, what, what was it that your lacrosse coach said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no M. No, no there's, there's, no there's no I in T E A M. Yeah, he spells it, which is funny because the antidote to that now is, well, there's an M and an E. <laughs> I, oh, always, I haven't heard that. I, I, well, I've always, yeah. well, I've never heard it. I've always thought that when yeah. that line has entered my head, I'm like, yeah, but there's an M and an E. So. It's good. It's clever. What does that even have to do? There's also a T, which stands for Tony. Oh shit! Hey, Tony time. If you can't work late, I can't work late. And if I can't work late, I, I can't, can't work, work late. late. Oh, your brother's in the office. Amazing. In your office. And don't worry, I didn't tell him about his <laughs> wonderful Christmas gift. It's so yeah, good. He did watch it four times. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When it come, when it's brought up, I can I can recall. But like, what were the uh, on the Let's go. If we can go back to the beginning for a second, do you remember there was like a few bullet points? It was like acid rain, highway shootings. Oh, damn. I wish I could remember the rest of them, but it was like uh, international terrorism, drug addiction, freeway murders, acid rain. Ah! Acid rain. Yeah. And he goes, ah. They've got to be so scared to miss it. That's, That's what we need as like a promo for our podcast. Ooh, who's that? She's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I want it run every half hour on the half hour. First it was every hour, now it's every half hour. Uh, I started watching Christmas in Connecticut today. Okay, did I, did we not talk about this? Realized I had never seen it. Okay, wow, weird. Because I remember I asked you, I was like, I want to come, I was at work and I was like, I want to, I want, after I get out of work, I want to go home and like watch a fucking dope Christmas movie that I've never seen. And I recommended you didn't give me a Christmas movie, I don't think. Yeah, I did, but it. You didn't. To me, it's the man who came to dinner. But is that a Christmas movie? It takes place during the holiday. Oh, Die like, Hard types. Yeah, it's, it's. What do you? No, no, no. It's. But I was going to respond. Be like, yo, check it out. I tried to watch Christmas in Connecticut the other day and just couldn't, couldn't make it halfway through. But well, you made it all the way through Cobra. <laughs> yes. Well, Christmas in Connecticut does get good. I will say the beginning oh, with the soldiers. That was, and that was okay, actually. Just, I didn't. Ugh. I couldn't do it. The rest of it, I really ended up liking because the house in Christmas in Connecticut, that farmhouse, really is nice, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's black and white, and it translate. It, it did it translate. It is so warm I just and inviting. Yeah, it wasn't doing it for me. I, I'm halfway through it, and Cri- I can do without the soldier from the beginning and in the whole storyline. So I'm trying to ignore him, but uh, we'll see. Good Christmas movie that may uh, maybe I've never seen that would be fresh to watch. Suggestion? Uh, well, I think it's called On a Midnight Clear. Okay, which is like a it's a World War One picture where you know i could be misremembering the title but i think it's on a midnight clear and basically it's it's about that truce that 
uh, the Allies and the Germans had in the trench warfare oh, yeah, yeah. on Christmas Eve. That sounds right up, Phil's. Yeah, I think cool. you'd enjoy yeah. it. It came well, out in like 89, 90, 91, right in Sounds that, great. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought too. When you said that, I was, yeah. but when you said it was World War One, Well, it takes I place said, oh, in World War One. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe they would make a World War One film in that film time era. But I think it's because it's like a real, it's a true story. Yeah. And, the title struck me as yeah, that time yeah, yeah. era though, like late 80s. I still stand by, not for you, but for everybody to check out at some point the man who came to dinner it's on hbo it's it's made from a play so it takes place in one kind of like brownstone townhouse with people coming in and out um and the character main character is very prickly which is very original for a movie from the 40s i love it betty davis is in it i just i love it i'll I'll be watching it again i usually post a clip from it uh on our page last year i did and i'll be posting it this year nice well oh it's snowing isn't that wonderful? I never felt so much like Christmas in all my life. Don't you, Sherry, dear? Shut your nasty little face! Child world, child world, let's take a look and see. I'm Peter Pander. Child world, child world, everything a toy store should be. Know why I skate through child world? Because there's so much to see. What a selection. Looking for fun gifts for children? I mean children of all ages? You'll find what you're looking for at Child World. And it's so nice to know that prices are low and shopping is friendly and fun. The difference? Savings. Savings on Cabbage Patch Kids accessories by Coleco. Almost real accessories so they can take special care of those adorable adopted cuties. Important accessories no little mother can do without. And the kids will love them too. The big difference prizes that'll make you sing Merry Christmas. was flashing, not even a blip. When there was a huge crash to the bridge, I then ran. And there upon St. Nicholas with joystick in hand. With Atari's Miss Pac-Man, he gobbled and scored. Then on to Jungle Hunt, he played till he roared. From out of his sack, he pulled dozens of games, all the great ones from Atari, our favorite names. Before I could thank him, he beamed out of sight. With a Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. send Christmas cards to. Well, there's the people you love. My grandma. My grandma. And there's friends that you miss. How about new friends? Sure. That's especially nice. I have someone I want to send a Christmas card to, okay? Okay. This Christmas, the people you love would love to hear from you. Don't forget them. Give Hallmark Christmas cards when you care enough to send the very best. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the shop 
A creature was stirring, and he just wouldn't stop. On chocolate, on strawberry, on vanilla frosted, too, go the colors of Christmas made fresh just for you. Red sprinkles, green sprinkles, a face we all know. Canes made of candy, men made of snow. So fill up your sack with your favorite delight. And to all a Merry Christmas in each hasty So uh, we're just going to get out of here and uh, go get some eggnog. So uh, tally-ho, guys. See ya. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six.